for conventional anxiety, thinking and problem solving is, is great. However, with disordered anxiety, the rumination and overthinking then becomes a compulsive safety behavior to try and rid us of a feeling that we want, you know, to get rid of immediately. Mm. It's our relationship with thinking. Thinking is my go-to. I have to think, I have to keep thinking. But then I hate that I keep thinking. I love to think because it keeps me safe, but then I wish I wasn't thinking. A solution that would work for anxiety surrounding a problem that I could solve externally, and I was applying it to a cyclical disordered anxiety presentation. Why can't I get over this? If you start asking yourself that question, why am I so stuck on this? Why can't I stop thinking about this? Well, there's a, there's a clue. Welcome to Disordered. Today's episode is on the topic of rumination, overthinking, and worry. If you're happy and you know it, overthink, go and ruin it for yourself. My name is Joshua Fletcher, also known as Anxiety Josh, and I'm a psychotherapist specializing in the world of anxiety disorders, and I'm based in Manchester in the UK. And I am Drew Linsalata, the other co-host of Disordered. I'm a grad student in clinical mental health counseling en route to being a licensed therapist in the state of New York here in the good old US of A. I am an author, a podcaster, and a former sufferer of anxiety disorders and depression for many years. Welcome. Welcome. Before we get stuck into the juiciness of rumination, overthinking, and worry, mm. we do like to celebrate our community with their Did It Anyway wins. Yeah, if you're new to this podcast, this is what we do. We listen and read out Did It Anyways. People who adopt the principles of what we talk about in this podcast and do some brave, courageous stuff. Should we hear this one? Yeah. Let's do it. Here we go. Hi, Josh and Drew. My name is Kimberly and I'm from Appleton, Wisconsin. You can use my name and I'd like to share a hashtag did it anyway. I live with panic disorder and recently have been struggling with being home alone. So today I chose to be home alone. Uh, the first couple hours were really intense. I had a lot of panic as expected. Um, however, instead of calling my safety person or texting or seeing which neighbors were home, which I wanted to do, I just decided to do what non-anxious me would do um, through those feelings and acknowledge that they were there, but kept kind of getting through um, what I needed to get done around the house. And over time, I realized it kind of faded to the background. So um, it definitely did not go away throughout the day. It came back off and on, but I just kept practicing that and not listening to that Craig the critic about what I'm doing and all the things. And so anyway, I'm feeling really great. It's been a long day and I'm so proud that I did this. So thank you so much for having this podcast. I've been listening from the beginning. I appreciate it so much. Thanks. Well done. Superb. Uh, that's absolutely brilliant. And again, it sounds like you took on the, the principles there. Yeah, monophobia is a tricky one. We'll probably do an episode of that later on. But yeah, you, well done. You did it anyway. Um, that's superb. Also, what a great accent. The Wisconsin accent's really cool. Uh, why don't you sound like that? I know. I could try. Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just you now. For it. You just switched. <laughs> um, I'm sticking with Long Island. Sorry. <laughs> Rumination, overthinking, and worry. How much of this is... Um, kind of part of an overall anxiety problem, Drew? Oh, I, I think it's a huge part of it. For some people, it is the core of it, I think. You know, there's there's the panic attack people, there's the health anxiety people. Everybody engages, I think, when you're in a state of disordered anxiety in some measure of rumination and overthinking and worry, but for some people, this is. 
like the core. This is what drives all of it, I think. Has that been your experience, do you think? Yeah. I mean, how many times do you want to hear me on this podcast talk about inwards focus, mm -hmm. outwards focus? But inwards focus um, doesn't just include body scanning and right. looking for dangers. A lot of it is rumination and overthinking. Um, when we say overthinking, I usually find, think that's quite a harsh term. It, it's usually you've got your threat response arguing with your cognitive brain and they're trying to solve or find solutions as to why the threat response is on, yeah. you know, and for conventional anxiety, thinking and problem solving, um, is, is great. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got a problem that you're worried about, it's okay to bra to brainstorm and, 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 and throw up solutions. However, with disordered anxiety that doesn't really have a rational solution it's just a misfiring threat response the rumination and overthinking then becomes a compulsive safety behavior to try and rid us of a feeling that we want uh, to you know to get rid of immediately yeah i think just like anything else it's it's a matter of degree right so we have this amazing capability to reason and we have logic and we have analytic capability it puts us on the top of the food chain, right? It's what, what makes us rule and therefore ruin the planet in sequence. But then for people who are listening to this podcast, that goes off the rails. It goes into an extreme state on the far end of the spectrum where thinking becomes a solution to everything and it doesn't stop. Whether you're thinking about the future, the past, like I have to keep thinking and I have to keep problem solving when there might not be a problem to even solve. Or it is, but it's unsolvable. How much was it part of uh, your anxious experience? I think for me, I was probably mostly worry focused. So like technically we would say that rumination is sort of thinking about the past and worry is sort of future focused. I mean, roughly, but I was ten generally future focused. What's gonna happen to me in the next 30 seconds <laughs> and the next two weeks, uh, of course, what's going to happen to me meant would I feel anxious? Would I panic? Would I have to do things that would trigger me? And yeah, you get totally stuck in that. I was trying to control the outcome of every day to make sure that mm. I wouldn't get triggered. So that becomes yeah. part of it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And you can ruminate on things particularly if you're someone who's playing scenarios over and over again, mm -hmm. either from the past or the future. Yeah. I think so. Uh, sure. or, or, or just trying to solve and go round and round in circles, yep. you know, Everyone ruminates, and that's okay when people with with or without anxiety, mm. you know, will get anxious and, and often leads to rumination. It's interesting because I I speak to friends who don't have disordered anxiety, but what keeps them up at night to me is like, yeah, what? That's keeping you up at night? That's nothing. But it's interesting, you know, comparatively because their threat response is firing off because of something – like I, th I think it was someone, I, yeah, someone I know very well. Um, it was, they were worried up till two uh, at night because of um, a slight uh, blemish mark on a hire car that they used. Yeah. I'm like, that would, that would not register with me, you know, whereas they would think, of, of, you know, look at me and go like, why would you worry about that? Right. You know, I, I can't relate to that thing. But what's interesting is that we both ruminate just the topic's different, um, but the rumination kind of can keep that worry there. Yeah, 100%. And I think then it's the matter of degree that I was just talking about. But interestingly, this is why that we talk so much about how the content often doesn't matter, which I know sounds dismissive, but so you have a friend who's really worried that maybe put a ding in a, in a rental car, 
And to you, mm. it's like, eh? but to him, that's really important. That's as important to him in that moment as your, you know, OCD theme was to you in that moment. So, mm. it, but you see how it doesn't matter. The content is completely different, but the end result is the same. Now, for the person with disordered anxiety, that rumination might just continue all the time. Whereas, mm. you know, your friend managed to get to the end of that at some point and didn't deal with it anymore. So, yeah, yeah it's really weird. It, it is a real this is where sometimes that metacognitive thing comes into play, which I know is I'm really a fan of, but it, uh, sometimes it's a little mechanical also, but mm. it's our relationship with thinking. You know, I, I thinking is my go-to. I have to think, I have to keep thinking. I want to keep thinking, but then I hate that I keep thinking. So mm. I, I love to think because it keeps me safe, but then thinking brings me so much distress. Oh, sorry. That I, I wish I wasn't thinking. Mm. Yeah. Really yeah. hard back and forth. Love thinking, yeah. hate thinking. Love it, hate it. Yeah. Uh, how do you know when you're ruminating? For me, it's when life's going by and I'm up just in my head. That's yeah. rumination. I, that was like, you know, I could be, you know, out at a you know, music event or out seeing friends or whatever, and or even just walking. And it's on, I'm on autopilot because I'm actually looking and focusing on what's happening in my mind. Yeah, which I think is something that everybody does. We all go off into a little bit of a daydream. Sometimes we get lost in our own heads. Everybody does that. But to mm. me, I think the anxious person sort of knows that they're ruminating when it lasts a very long time and when there's a real sense of urgency. It's not so much, oh, I'm bothered by this or I'm trying to figure something out or make some future plans. I'm really bothered by this. This seems like a huge problem to me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm often back at square one. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm often going around in circles, um, but I'm also drawn yes. to trying to find that. You often pull up in, in, in previous episodes when I said I'd spend a lot of time trying to find the miracle thought to mm -hmm. make my anxiety go away. This was 100% rumination. I was ruminating because I believed that if I you know, go into the deepest echelons of my mind and, and find the, the memory, I call it inception thinking in here, which mm -hmm. is a part of rumination if you've seen the movie inception mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's absolutely bananas but you know go, going into the deep dream levels of your mind i thought well you know if i find and, and really work out trying to work out how i feel why i feel this way um and and find the miracle thought the solution to make it go away but actually looking back that was very ruminative behavior i was trying to draw upon a solution that would work for anxiety surrounding a problem that I could solve externally. And I was applying it to a cyclical disordered anxiety presentation, uh, which just put me on the hamster wheel. Yeah. I think, yeah. Round and round and round and round I go. Yeah. It's another good indication that you're engaged in rumination or excessive worry or overthinking, whatever you want to call it. Why, why can't I get over this? If you start asking yourself that question, why am I so stuck on this? Why can't I stop thinking about this? Well, there's a, there's a clue. Um, you know, mm. I, I keep trying to find a, a solution to a problem that doesn't have a solution, or I'm trying to find a problem where none exists, or I'm trying to answer mm. a question that doesn't have an answer, you know, mm. so uh, that's really hard. And then you find yourself in a state of distress because you're, you keep going back. I don't want to do this, but I feel compelled to do it. So mm. it's, it's vicious. It's a cycle could be really vicious in a lot of ways. Yeah, no, yeah. it can be. It was, it was nasty as well. And Particularly if you're someone who does a lot of mental problem solving, and perhaps if you've mm. developed excessive anxiety and maybe 
this is part of your job, this is part of your personality. You've always used this thinking, rumination, problem solving, or you know, to get through stuff. This will be quite jarring for you because you're like, what well, what this isn't working. Right. And I see this quite a lot. Like you don't need to ruminate on the problem because often the problem is is quite simple. My threat response is misfiring. Mm. It creates doubt. And me giving it importance, attention, uh, attention, changing my behaviors in response to all this, including rumination, mm -hmm. is telling the amygdala that it is important. Mm, yeah, let's do it. Amygdala. I wasn't <laughs> sure if I wanted to go there, but I did. Yeah. Uh, and also remember the amygdala is always watching, like I always yeah. say. Yeah. And if, it's, if it sees you suddenly stop what you're doing, go inwards mm -hmm. and start playing through the mental movies and problems you're trying to problem solve in your mind the amygdala all the amygdala remembers is that you've stopped yep you've stopped what you're doing so this must be important yeah and now it's now it's my job to ratchet things up and, and declare a threat so yeah oh, absolutely it's funny i had somebody the other day in uh, one of my instagram posts comment it was a lovely comment it was a good discussion but this person said they listened to a, an older podcast episode i'd done on the anxious truth on gad generalized anxiety disorder and oh, that mm. podcast was talking to somebody else in the comments. That podcast was really super helpful, but also really challenging because all the suggestions he gave involve a total personality change. Now, I would never tell somebody that their job is to change their entire personality, <laughs> but it was a good illustration of what you're saying. This person felt identified so strongly with her status as an as a warrior and an over W O R worry, not warrior like in war. You love that talk, Drew. I have to I'm do a warrior. It. I'm a warrior. No, the warrior. Yeah. I'm the warrior. I'm the person that cares too much. I'm the overthinker mm -hmm. and the problem solver. I take care of everybody. She was so connected to that identity that hearing the idea that, well, maybe you can leave your worries unattended for a while seemed like a complete I might as well say just completely reboot your brain, wipe it, and write a new program. It's it yeah. was that impactful for this person. I have to change my whole personality. What doesn't help, and this is some of the sad stories I hear, and it, and this is something that happens to, to me. Yeah, is that in a lot of it's not a bad thing necessarily, mm. but there's not a, a lot of people that aren't anxiety disorder informed. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like who people who dissociated with themselves who don't have an anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of encouragement from in the wellness sphere and even in therapy about checking in with yourself, finding the answers in yourself. Uh, I know there's a lot of anxiety books out there. Um, there's one that I particularly can't stand by a neuroscientist who I won't name, who encourages you to find the point in your body yeah. to get rid of the tra trauma, breathe into the trauma, stuff like this. This kind of narrative personally made me more ill. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why is because it was fuel for rumination. It was fuel for problem solving. It was adding to a narrative that I needed to be fixed. Right. No, my anxious response was disordered. It was not in order. I just need to get back in order again. When these kind of things, I think for certain people, you know, the, the, usually the healing lot you know mm -hmm. don't get me wrong if you want to use healing that's fine and it's your interpretation but um people deliberately use the word healing as a vague thing to make yeah. you buy their stuff and, and whatever but in general that checking in with yourself doing those things healing so that, for me that made me poorly i thought there was something i was missing 
when actually before all this, I was very happy. I was very quite content. Mm -hmm. Just a warning there that if you are a ruminator, uh, we did a post on that, didn't we? The ruminator. The ruminator. Oh, we did. Yeah, yeah, that was a good yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. The ruminator. Uh, just remember Worst that that could be ammo. Yeah. Yeah. That could that could be ammo to go inwards. Yeah, that's true, and it is sort of conventional wisdom that that sometimes is uh, is conveyed as look for the anxiety is a signal. If you're feeling anxious and you keep returning, oh, that's a signal. Oh, it's yeah. not a signal, man. Again, Ignore this. Right. And yeah. like an externally generated sort of life anxiety, regular anxiety, it might be. I mean, now I can sort of look at my anxiety as a signal of some kind. I'm not sleeping enough. I'm driving myself too hard. I have a conflict in my life I want to resolve. Okay, cool. But in the state that I was in, I, I'm going to go on a limb here and say it wasn't just you that that harmed, Josh. It was a lot of people. They get stuck in the whole like, I know, but I have to find the signal. What if I miss it? What if that person's right and it is a signal and I miss the signal because because you're telling me to disengage with this thought process. So that's a powerful message that is louder than ours, I think, in the social media community, much louder. Oh yeah, much louder. Yeah, yeah. You, you hear a lot of that. Um... You know, it's your intuition, right? That you're anxious for a reason. When actually, and this is when I do talks and stuff, and people, I really received well. It's like, no, to be honest, that sounds great, doesn't it? It would look great, sure, on a Netflix documentary or a movie. You know, yeah. you find the thing, the inner thing, and and, and the wisdom and of anxiety, the wisdom, yeah, yeah, the wisdom of it all. Uh, but actually, sometimes you just get super stressed. Your stress drug fills up. I love the stress drug analogy. Yeah. It's simple. Is that your what's in your stress drug is subjective to you, and what happens is that builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up, either really quickly and mm -hmm. acutely due to trauma or just an accumulation of loads of stuff in your life. And one day, bang! Yep. You know, there's no coincidence that the vast majority of people who develop anxiety disorders happens in their early twenties as they hit into adulthood. Yeah. But there's also no coincidence when I. Um, speak to people uh, you know, who are later on in life where it happens. Usually it could be something like a divorce or a grief. Yeah. Menopause is a big one. Sure. You know, it's kind of like bang. And, and yeah, the threat response just decides to go a bit bananas. What doesn't help is that kind of narrative. We'll do a separate episode on ranting about these people. And I think Drew and I are probably... Yeah, pour ourselves a whiskey and um, <laughs> tune in for that one. It's going to be a good one. Could be a last disordered, but disordered it's after dark. Disordered after dark. Put the kids to bed. We're going to go on a rant. I, I think yeah, because everybody's gathered around their radio, listening to disorder with their kids, of course. But um, I, I think what we're really doing here, in certain ways, trying to gently do it. Of course, there's you know always trying to be respectful, but. There are also sometimes the worry and rumination overthinking thing, the intuition, you mentioned it's your intuition or it's a signal from the universe. Sometimes there are literally cultural, spiritual, faith-based beliefs that come into, people come into this with, which is fine. It's not, that's not a problem. But sometimes the idea that you should disconnect from your thinking process and not treat it like a signal might conflict with some of your cultural background or your spiritual or faith background. Like, no, 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 mm. this is the universe or this is, a higher power trying to tell me something how I'm not, I, I'm not allowed to ignore that. So what we're really doing here is trying to plant the suggestion. I think that it is in fact possible for your thinking just to go off the rails a little and not really mean anything. That is in fact, we have to at least consider that possibility or you would have a hard time overcoming overthinking and worry and rumination. If you want to at yeah. least consider that it's a hard problem to solve. Yeah, I, I th it's important. I think an episode we should do soon, Drew, is that, you know, is the 
Yeah, I'm sure we haven't done it, have we? God. The, uh, intuition versus... It's on the list. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what we should do soon because I hear that quite a lot. Like, actually, I'm ruminating because I don't know what my intuition is. Right. And I don't know what is a signal that I have to listen to. And I think that's a super important subject because it would challenge you and I, Drew, mm-hmm. are in a pretty good place now. Because, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, sometimes I'm anxious and I do listen to that. Yep. Sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm around certain people, I'll get like a feeling in my stomach. And that's when like kind of somatic therapy comes in. I'm like, oh yeah, I did mm. notice that. Yeah. That person does make me feel uneasy. Uh, and there's a reason for that. Or this person makes me fun- feel uneasy because they remind me of someone who makes me feel uneasy and stuff. Mm. That's okay. But when you're in the haze of anxiety disorders and you're not, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's very difficult to, to kind of pinpoint yeah. what is and what not, but it's easier, the better you get at willfully tolerating and, finally your symptoms, you know, start to lower and dissipate. Right. Then you have a better chance, but even in a perfectly healthy mental state, which probably nobody really is, but you'd still sometimes get it wrong. And that's part of the problem. Sometimes you'll miss a signal. We all do. Everybody does. You know, Mm -hmm. you hear everybody will can relate with like, why didn't I see that coming? Or you have a relationship that breaks up and everybody says, dude, that, you know, thank God. And you're like, why didn't I, why didn't anybody tell me that this was a problem that you sometimes even regular people that don't have anxiety yeah. disorders, miss signals that happens. I like to say, if there is, if you are a firm believer in intuition, that's totally fine. But for now, you're going to have to put it to the side because it's it's dragging you. It's, it's gone yeah. off the rails. So you can't trust it right now. Come back to it later. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And the, particularly those for with OCD. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, no, no, this is, the stakes are high here. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no, 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 just, that's okay. Your, your doubt response is misfiring. You know, it's not always going to misfire. And sometimes it'll fire off when you need to. Mm-hmm. And again, disclaimer, if you are at home and you're in a, in a situation where your amygdala is actually firing off because you're in a situation that's, that's tricky, yeah. maybe you're in an abusive relationship, uh, maybe you're in a situation that isn't safe, mm-hmm. you know, that that's nothing to be. I know we've said this before, but that's nothing to be challenged. You know, yeah. and, that, and that's okay. And yeah. you know, if you need to ruminate to feel safe, that's fine. Yeah. But in general, I was thinking today. I am such a ruminator, even now, not for my anxiety disorders, but my any problems. I will ruminate over and over and over again. Yeah. It, it's really tricky. It's almost default, automatic. Yeah, some people are just prone to that. And we're all different. And in a way, it makes the world go round. So you might think more than I do about things. Okay, that's fine. World needs you and me. We'll do it. Mm. Does it really though? I mean, (laughs) we might argue that. But I think, yeah, so again, it just sometimes goes off the rails, though. Regular people ruminate too. regular. Listen, overthinking, if you Go to Instagram and look for the hashtag overthinking. You'll see millions and millions of posts, some of which are profound, some of which are not so helpful, some of which are really funny. Everyone can relate to overthinking. Everybody can. We all get it. So, yeah. Yeah. But also that bec- that turns into a kind of cliche thing yep. that yep. prevents empathy. So a lot of people who ruminate and overthink about their own anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, maybe their theme of OCD, maybe just over grief even or anything stressful mm-hmm. um what isn't acceptable is is acceptable well, that's a, yeah, it's a word we'll count it's it. a great word isn't yeah, it sure um 
is when a family member says, oh, you're just overthinking again. Right. You're overthinking. It's not acceptable for you to be dismissed for yeah. that. And that's just, you know, that certain family member or person siding with Craig the critic. Yeah. Because that's what it is, isn't it? I, I don't want to tolerate what you're saying now, so I'm just going to dismiss you by, by criticizing. And in a way, it's a lack of understanding. Like, this is not a person saying, listen, you got to stop thinking about the spare tire that needs replacing in the car. It's not that important. Okay, we might objectively agree with that, but mm. if your rumination is based on safety issues or you feel like you're preventing some sort of horrible disaster in your life or you're just trying to manage your state because you're suffering all the time, uh, it's not okay to just be told, get over it. Just stop thinking about that. That's not, a, that's not advice. That's not a strategy either. Stop thinking about it. You can't. Let's the what do you reckon? Let's have a game of uh, well, we call it family fortunes up in uh, in the UK. I don't know who's the who's the guy who does it in the U, the US. Steve. Steve Harvey. They, family they, Feud. Yeah, Family Feud. I family love feud. that show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we have a similar one called Family Fortunes in the UK. I'm sure yours was first because we just rip off British TV here. So we oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, not, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah. Um, you know, because but it's America, isn't it? So, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, I had a soundbite. Had it all ready to go. An America soundbite. Yes, yeah. bald eagle, baby. That's what, yeah, it came in, swooped down, and stole <laughs> Family Fortunes from its nest. Um. What are the top five places people ruminate? The most common places. Places? You mean physically? Yeah. I'll go. I'll go with. I'll start with number one. Okay. I'm lying in bed. When oh, it's just got to be ding, 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 ding. It's got to be number one. That's yeah. How can I practice willful tolerance when yeah. I have a panic attack in the night yep. and I'm led there? It's because you're ruminating as well. Yeah. Don't lie there and ruminate. At, yeah. at night, anything but ruminate. ABR. Yeah. You said that a couple episodes ago. I'm taking that, by the way. I'm stealing ABR. ABR anything but yeah, ruination. ABR. And at night, yeah. especially because often by default, there's nothing else to do. It's quiet. You're just laying in bed. It's dark. If there's not a lot of activity mm -hmm. going on, ripe for rumination. Totally. Ripe. Next one right. would be... That, uh, next one. Uh, oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with shower. I had another one, but I'm going to go in the shower. Yes. Shower, shower thoughts. thoughts. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. But also, yeah, worrying. I remember spending so much time ruminating about my anxiety disorder in the shower. How can I fix it today? What's it going to happen? Is it going to make me panic later? What if I go crazy? Yep. What if this happens? Playing these scenarios out in my head. Uh, yeah, shower's a really good one. Yeah, you got another one? Yeah, in front of the TV when the show oh, is pretty boring. That's a good one. I didn't think of that one. Yeah. Yeah, you're yeah. zoning in front out. Of TV, you're not actually watching it. You're just like, oh, yep. yeah, zooming out. Yeah, yeah. That's, me, so that's listening to podcasts like this one. Same thing. I will put on a podcast, and I, it's playing, but I'm I'm a million miles away. What the yeah, hell? Did, what I did they just say for the books. last 30 minutes? Yes, audiobooks, same thing. And I'm like, what the hell? What <laughs> What's the hell going happened? on here? I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And reading as well. How many times do you ruminate yep. whilst reading? While and reading. You've written, there's two pages, and you're like, Wait, how what did he get the here? hell happened there? <laughs> <That's exactly laughs> Another, I, the, the one that I was going to pick over shower was in the car. People will ruminate while they drive. And uh, yeah. Can, yeah, all the time. I'm like, well, you're driving and it's sort of on autopilot because you're really good at it because you practice it all the time and, and your mind just starts to wander. That's when you get that whole like, wait, that light was green, wasn't it? Like, I, yeah. How did I get, I'm a mile down the road. How did I get this mile down the road? That's it sometimes. Yeah, you zoned out, you ruminate. Maybe you've got a job. I want to hear a lot. Is you know I, I do a job, but I'm mm. so competent at it now. I can just kind of switch off and do it on autopilot. Yep. Or what are you doing instead? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking ruminating. about stuff. Yeah. Exactly. You know? What's the difference between rumination and daydreaming? 
I'm going to say probably degree and impact. So everybody daydreams, but I daydreams. Daydreaming is yeah, brilliant. Yeah, great. And daydreaming doesn't, I almost fell off my chair. That's really good. I almost fell that right off the brilliant. back. That would have been great. Would have left it in too and edited it. Yeah. Then, we, then we post video. This would be the most video. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think daydreaming is a great thing. I'm with you. But people, when you're daydreaming, it doesn't really have so much an adverse impact. I mean, yeah, you might get in trouble in school because you're not paying attention to the teacher. But rumination has an adverse impact. When you get to the point where you call it rumination, it's impacting your your mental health, your stress level, your lifestyle in some way. Daydreaming mm. is just a thing everybody does. I often say to people, oh, catch yourself daydreaming and pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Because in order to daydream, you've got to have pretty low levels of anxiety That's to right. allow your brain to float off. Yep. So I remember I used to, I was daydreaming. I had a student like, if I owned a taxi company, what, what, color would it be what would the name be what logo would be i'd spend a good 10 minutes daydreaming about that i'm not interested in tech i don't know it i just it just went off on that it's like, what would it be anxiety josh cabs Love it. and i thought oh great that's 10 minutes i wasn't thinking about my anxiety and my brain's just off doing its own thing yeah daydreaming doing stuff like that yeah i just thought yeah that's that's great so if you are daydreaming it means that you're Threat response is turned off. Yeah, that's true. If you're getting back into that thing, which I love the randomness of if I owned a cab company. It's great. What would yours be? What do I daydream about? Always random stuff. I are these is this daydreaming? Uh, what about no, Lints are late because you never arrive on time. <laughs> Lints are late cars. You know. We will get you there like two minutes late every time, which makes you seem very important. It's a selling point, really. So, yeah. For my cab company. Sure. Yeah. Lint's uh, late cabs. <laughs> we, uh, I often, I wonder if I'm daydreaming, and we're off topic a little bit here, but it's interesting. Am I daydreaming or just having memories? I often will play music, like I'll go back to music that I really like, or movie scenes and then i think about wow that would be a cool i would edit it this way movie scene yeah like yeah, i would yeah. change it this way i'm like a frustrated filmmaker in the end i guess but this isn't off topic because yeah. often people ask well what is not ruminating and yeah, we're just, just i don't literally thinking. doing the spitballing that's yeah, it that's, right. I don't know that's what I'm not doing. i'm not ruminating about how i feel right. Yeah, I just doing that. Oh, I wonder how I cook that. I wonder that. I wonder how I design that. Yeah, yeah. Or I wonder what's going on there. Oh, here's a memory I'm going to just play in my head. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, yeah, just like you thought. Just this is it. This is the difference. Rumination is a straight line. Yep. Whereas thinking, you just let your brain go wherever it wants. I would say it's yeah. almost even the difference between thoughts and th having thoughts is a passive process. You can't not have mm. thoughts. Thinking is an active process. So daydreaming is a lot more passive. Like whatever thoughts pop in, they're going to pop in. I'm going to maybe play with them a little bit. I don't know. But, you know, I yeah. don't know. Why did you think about a cab company? You didn't intentionally try to think that. There was no urgency. There was no threat in that. It wasn't mm -hmm. about how you felt. It's just a random topic. Or maybe it's not yeah. random, but it's not urgent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the you know, mindfulness and things like that, they try to teach that, you know, you can, when thoughts come in, you can, mm -hmm. Grab which ones are important and, and let go of ones they're not. 
Obviously, it's a bit more nuanced than that yeah. because some thoughts can immediately trigger the threat response, yep. particularly if you've got acute OCD or an old thought has been torturing you in the past. Sure. That's why I never, th I love mindfulness, by the way, mm -hmm. but it's not the panacea. It's not, you know, no, it's, not, it's not a cure. Yeah. But the principles uh, do apply here where actually I, and I do remind myself like, no, I can decide whether or not to kind of give this importance now. Mm -hmm. And by grabbing a thought, for me, that's like, what am I doing with my behavior? Yeah. So if I've stopped to sit down, ruminate, worry, seek reassurance, compulsively do things, I've grabbed this thought and I've took it home with me, you know, yeah. and, and that's it. Whereas sometimes with an anxious thought, it will trigger the amygdala. You will feel anxious, but you're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to show my brain and body that I can let this go now mm -hmm. with my behavior, with the willful tolerance of uncertainty, with an effort to keep my focus external. Yeah, I would agree. I think mindfulness and meditation in the context of worry and rumination, they're, they're experiments sometimes. They're like, well, let me, let me at least explore the possibility that I can have a thought without latching onto it or making it the most important thing in the room. So you're kind of experimenting with that. Can I let this thought go? No, yeah. at the moment I'm struggling with it. It's okay, nobody ever gets it right. So, yeah, yeah. Totally it would fine. be nice to do a mindfulness episode as well, get an expert on who's anxiety love it. disorder. We'll get John Kabat-Zinn well. on. Think he's available? I guess he's not. Who? John Kabat-Zinn, uh, he's Who's like that? the mindfulness guru. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Google, yeah. Okay. I would love to have him on because he actually, he teaches mindfulness as like there is no right way. I love that guy because he doesn't tell you there's a right way to be mindful. It's like, yeah. no, no, this is just what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it is the antithesis of rumination. If you don't like the mindfulness exercises, I love doing like I go on YouTube and do the attention and training exercises. Yeah. I think it's because I'm neurodivergent, so I find that a bit uh, easier mm -hmm. to keep and train my focus elsewhere. Yeah. But in general, yeah, try and disengage. If you find yourself ruminating, really, ah, catch yourself ruminating. Don't be critical. Give yourself a partner. Back. Ah, yeah. I, I found myself ruminating. Got there. it. Well yep. done. Caught myself. Yeah. Here's, I'm going to endeavor to engage in something else, something that non-anxious me would do which follows really nicely on from the previous episode that's an mct concept too like in metacognitive therapy like we're, we're gonna identify our crazy back and forth relation to the thinking process love it then hate it and when you want to disengage re replace it with a behavior you know thinking is a behavior too in a certain way but like what can i do instead of sitting here and thinking actively yeah. Yeah. To be honest, that was a game changer. I'm glad you said that. It was a game changer for me. Rumination is a behavior. It is 100% a, a behavior. You're not daydreaming about, yep. which is also a behavior, but rumination is more of a... It's a directed task. behavior. Yeah. yeah, I think it is. People yeah, will say it's that, automatic. Uh, and it, it's, it becomes a habit, habitual or compulsive behavior, but nonetheless a behavior. You participate in yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And when we talk about exposures as well, Drew, it's like we talk about micro avoidances and macro avoidance, stuff like that. A lot of people when, you know, they go and do something scary and they do the macro thing, like I've gone to the scary place. I'm hoping it goes away. Mm -hmm. They'll often be pulled into rumination too. Cause they're like, Oh, actually I'm here, but I'm ruminating. Yeah, I agree. I'm ruminating in my anticipatory anxiety. I'm ruminating about a lot of things. Don't get me wrong. You can't stop it all, but you know, you, yeah, that, that's usually what happens. It's a, as we always say, it's a practice, and I'll catch it. What can, what else can I do besides this? Let's talk for a minute about avoidance because I see people get confused about that too. I was in a conversation not long ago that prompted this episode, really, where the person was confused because they feel like when they ruminate and worry, they're problem solving, 
right? And if I don't, but I don't, you keep saying mm -hmm. to disengage with that, Drew, but if I, isn't that avoidance? I'm running from the problem. And actually, often it's the other way. It's not the content of the rumination. You're trying to solve, you're ruminating because you keep going over it and there is no solution to that problem or it's not even a problem. But True. that feeling is what the rumination is the avoidance, the act of ruminating, the behavior of ruminating and choosing to worry and latch onto that, that's the avoidance. I'm uncomfortable about that problem, that question, that thing that happened in the past that I regret or makes me feel embarrassed or guilty. And I'm trying to mm. alleviate my internally bad experience by ruminating, thinking, yes. worrying. So the rumination yes. is the actual avoidance. You're not avoiding if you back away from your rumination at all. That's such a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Rumination is the avoidance because yep. you're trying to shortcut your way out of feeling. Correct. I don't like this internal experience. So I'm going to ruminate to try and solve the problem so that my discomfort goes away. But, yeah. but also, then it also, goes off the rails because now I'm uncomfortable because I'm ruminating. Like, ah. Oh. Also as well, it's worth mentioning people will ruminate and overthink because there's a comfort in it. There's a comfort mm -hmm. in the routine and the habit and it gives you the temporary illusion that you have some kind of control over the problem. Ooh, there's, here's but all I, our quotes right here. But then it actually, by the very process of you doing that, it shows it's got a bit of control over you. Yep. You gain control when you turn your back on it and, 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 and walk away yeah. and start engaging with your life again. When you over apply the process of, uh, it's funny because uh, who wrote minding? It's minding as a verb. There's you, your mind, and you are minding as a verb. I love that verb. Don't know. Well, yeah, I, I may have been Russ Harris. I think it was, was one I of those act people. <laughs> it was a it was a bald eagle baby invented that <laughs> America. Uh, <laughs> I won't finish, but uh, I, the process of minding. I think when you are over applying the process of using your mind or problem solving or thinking, you, it's that thing where a temper. It feels like you're doing something. That feels like I'm doing something that's productive, but it's not, especially if you're over applying it to a problem that either doesn't exist, can't be solved, a question that doesn't even need to be asked, or if it is asked, has no answer, like mm. existential questions and things like that, mm. then you it feels like you're doing something. It's it's the yeah. illusion of, look, I'm controlling something, I'm fixing it, but but you're not. There's no yeah. fixing there. Well, it's like the state of executive function, isn't it? Executive function is a fancy way of saying do something yes yeah and when you are anxious okay. executive function in your brain kicks off yeah and it says do something well with disordered anxiety it's usually not it's usually a fictitious problem yep so, so the, other way. the only thing you could be, be led to is to like do something okay right. well there's no problem in front of me so i'll ruminate yeah <laughs> yeah right. oh there's the equation there we just oh yeah there's math anyway. in that I'm a, I'm yeah. a fan of geek. I literally have like equations written where I've tried to like, how can I describe this using math? That makes so much sense when, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the executive, yeah. Do something. If you're, if you're faced with threat. There's nothing stress, to do. Right. There's nothing to do. Then, well, at least rumination is something. Oh my God. I always have, I always have a thinking switch I can flip. I might not have a swing my sword or shoot my gun or fight off the grizzly bear because there's no, nothing to do that with. But I always yeah, have to think because I'm in the supermarket right. freaking out. So that, I might. As, yeah, oh yeah, that's I can turn it on up here. That's what I'll do. I'll do that. It's, oh yeah. I think it was. I love uh, it when we learn more stuff. I amazing, mean, when you right? have, like have it conceptualized. Yeah, very, yeah things sort of crystallized. I think it was Dave Carbonell who said uh, somebody attributed to him, and I believe it because he's a funny guy. 
you know, normally we'd be like, don't just don't just stand there, do something. But in our context, this don't just do something, stand there. It's the other way. It's the other way. <laughs> yeah, and that always made me laugh when I heard that. And I'm like, oh, you know, that's truth such in that. a good one. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Anyway. Okay. Should we, go uh, to we our, usually uh, like to questions conclude and with a question and some did it anyways, yep. don't we? Uh, I've yeah, got a did it. it anyway I want to share. It was emailed in. Mm-hmm. Uh, not You may use my name. Okay. So this is from Kelsey. Um, I have a huge did it anyways. I got married in 2015 and never changed my name on my social security card. I went once right after and saw the line of people, panicked, and immediately left. Since listening to your podcast, thank you, I decided it was time. I willfully tolerated not only the anxiety I felt at the office, but also the anticipatory anxiety leading up to the visit. This was a huge win for me. I even ended up going to, the, to a produce stand afterwards that I'd been wanting to go to for a year. Craig the Critic kept telling me I couldn't do it. But I did it anyways. Oh, that's a good one. Applause. Extremely good. Well done, Kelsey. You absolutely nailed that. Ignited the studio audience. That was brilliant. You told Craig Craig to get get lost. You know what I love about that? I love the part where people who have those big wins often tack on something else. I felt so good that I also... I love that yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. The ball, the ball starts rolling. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got an, uh, another. Did it anyway? Before we take yeah. a question, yeah. if you want. This is. Uh, they've not said I can use the name. Hey, I have a massive. Did it anyway to share. I start college next week and I don't drive, so I need to catch the bus. Hey, we've got another bus story mm. um, from uh, Dan from the Dan episode. Do you remember oh, the double decker yeah, bus? I story? Dan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Dan episode. That's how much we like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't drive, so I need to catch the bus. The bus has always been a scary idea to me. The idea of being trapped with a bunch of strangers and not being able to get off would make me feel sick. But today I decided I want to see what would happen if I got on the bus or like that, like an intrigue. Mm. Me and my friend went together. I felt anxious and my thoughts were racing with all these ideas of things that could go wrong, especially, oh no, what if I have a panic attack? But I kept thinking, well, instead of thinking about what could happen, let's go on and see what will happen. I went from one stop to the next, five minutes, and absolutely nothing happened. I told anxiety that if it wanted to give me a flood of adrenaline, then that was okay. I just let it do its thing. And I actually felt really calm on the bus. Yay, I practically skipped all the way home. Another good one. Got to have Good. It. Very, very good. I love that and that, that little... Give yourself a pat on the back. You know, I'm, you know, I, I can do these things. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah it's fascinating. Um, you have a question? Have a, you've got a question for you, Drew, because oh, I've been talking too much. Nah. Sick of the sound of my own voice. Um, here we go. Hey, guys. I really got a lot from last week's episode on setbacks. Well, that, that, to this person, it was last week. Yep. Uh, I want to say thanks. At the end, Josh talked a little about the fear of simmering anxiety, and this was very close to home for me, and I wondered if you guys may drill down a little further into the subject. I've never really heard anyone speak on this before, and it really caught my attention when you guys mentioned it. Thanks, guys. Can you drill down a bit more the fear of simmering anxiety, Drew? Great question, by the way. Yeah, it is a good question, I think. Simmering anxiety to me, and what I used to experience, was it's just that being right at the edge of meltdown all day. And it always feels like I'm right there. I'm just about to have a total meltdown, panic attack spiral, whatever you want to call it. 
And that's uncomfortable. It's just super uncomfortable. I mean, I don't have a lot of drill down other than it's really uncomfortable and unpleasant. And it will just grab all of your attention all day long. All they wanted to do was make it stop. Is it getting better? Is it is it going down? Am I going to panic? I don't know. It was a really uncomfortable place to be in when it would happen. Was mm. there a fear of it? Yeah, of course, because they didn't want to panic. I didn't want it. The simmer part indicated it's about to tip over into the no-fly zone that I don't want to go into. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, for me, what the way I interpreted that question was you get people that fear anxiety symbolically as well. Mm -hmm. So these are usually people with GAD. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I fear the anxiety, not, I know rationally that the worst it can get is panic, panic attack. And mm -hmm. stuff. But for some people, it's like, oh, I don't really care about panicking. I just fear yep. its symbolic presence in my life. I fear it simmering away in the background. I fear it there. It's become a thing. It's become my adversary. So what I would say to that is to be like, change your relationship and association with it. Mm -hmm. Allow it to simmer. It doesn't mean anything more, you know. Also, I'd have a look at like, you know, to take it to therapy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the simmering anxiety isn't just always about anxiety. Sure. You know, it can be stress. Yep. Maybe there's stuff going on in your life. Yep. You know, your threat response will go off in in response to stress, but these could be legitimate stresses that you could address in, in perhaps talking therapy as well. But I'm just going to go on a whim here and say that yeah it's a symbolic problem i i fear simmering anxiety is symbolic i don't want to feel on edge all day i know i can do panic attacks but right. i don't want to feel on edge. and there is actually a large proportion of the community that are like that yeah i can have panic attacks it's just the simmering anxiety i hate the most that's really good you you know what you said i talk too much you keep on talking my friend because i learned oh, stuff from you it was really good it was very kind yeah Thank because you. you know that's true and i hear people say uh, maybe they don't fear it but they see it as failure. If I'm anxious all day, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not being a good dad. I'm not being a good employee. I'm a terrible mom. I'm not a good friend. Sometimes those narratives get attached to the fact that just being anxious is wrong. It should yep. not be here. And I should be able to get rid of it, and I can't, and that's a problem. Yeah, and people fear that too, Yep. you know, yep. uh, which is really important. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. Yeah, uh, we're never going to run out of to talk about Never. Exactly. Yeah, we'll be here until the apocalypse. Yep. Um, if you got questions and did it anyways, go to disordered.fm. Mm. Uh, there you can record a voicemail uh, or you can leave us a message. If you want us to include your name, just put in brackets, you may include my name. Yep. Otherwise, we will not. Um, thank you for the reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. They've been flying in, particularly in the UK. We're catching up to the, to the US now. And I think... I can't check the European ones. Maybe they add to the UK one. I'll do a bit of research on that. Yeah. But we'd really appreciate it if you can leave us a review on that because it helps um, this podcast reach other people organically. Absolutely. Everybody's been so supportive and we really do appreciate it. Makes it fun to do this. So Yeah, I love doing this. It's one of my favorite parts of my entire job. 100%. Even though this one was recorded in the, not that early, but 7 a.m. at New York recording. Not too bad. Well, I think we that's did okay. true. Drew pulling the morning shift. Uh, I'm on the morning shift today. While yeah. you're on our website at disorder.fm, you can also join our mailing list. One day we will actually send mail to all y'all. So if you joined, thank you. I know you haven't heard from us, but if you want to pop on our mailing list, we have a few things yeah. that works. We'll and you could hear about stuff, uh, yep. projects, books. We've got the Disordered 30 Day Recovery Club coming yep. up. That's coming up. For people who want an intensive um, 
uh, mentoring and help. Uh, I'll stop plugging. You have a nice rest of the weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll catch you soon. I'll see you in the next one.